Hey there, faculty and students. I'm a little late getting this podcast out to you all on the holiday weekend, but I'd like to talk about something we discussed uh, briefly at the Longitudinal Progression and Assessment Committee meeting this weekend. We were talking about different ways to do assessments and different types of assessment, and I wanted to read a little bit more about some of the formal ways to do assessments of clinical reasoning and clinical performance. And so I'm going to share with you some of the clinical questioning techniques that are going to be brought forth by the LPAT team as recommended tools for doing assessments in the clinical realm. When this document about assessment types comes out and is shared with the build teams, it will include lots of non-clinical venues and forms for assessment, but this particular podcast is specifically about clinical questioning. So in the clinical setting, we know that evaluation of medical knowledge can be done sort of in two ways. You can look for the acquisition of medical knowledge, do they know the facts, but you can also think about whether or not the trainee is able to apply that medical knowledge to the current scenario. Um, There are assessments that are not workplace-based assessments of clinical knowledge and acquisition, both acquisition application. There um, is workplace-based assessment when you are actually in the patient care environment. And then there's a third category, which is simulation-based assessment of clinical knowledge. One technique I wanted to talk about for workplace-based assessment is a technique called the one-minute preceptor. The appropriate setting for the one-minute preceptor might be morning hospital rounds, it might be a clinic or office-based sick visit, maybe the emergency room or an urgent care center where you have a particular chief complaint. There are five distinct steps in this technique, this one-minute preceptor technique. Uh, The first step is getting a commitment from your trainee, asking them what is the likely diagnosis that's being presented here. You might also prompt them to consider other diagnoses. Um, The question might be about what the appropriate evaluation is or maybe even the appropriate treatment. Um, But you're asking for some sort of targeted commitment. Um, Then you're in a probe for supporting evidence. What makes you think that this is the differential diagnosis? What makes you think that this is the right treatment plan? What makes you think that this patient needs to be hospitalized as you committed to in the first step? Then you're going to reinforce what was done well um, by by the learner. You're going to provide some positive feedback about their thought process. For example, maybe they they put at the top of their differential diagnosis the most probable diagnosis, and you're going to highlight why it's well supported by their history and physical. Um, You're going to then give any guidance you might want to give about errors or omissions from that particular presentation. Um, And this is your opportunity to correct mistakes or uh, provide suggestions about how to approach something uh, next time a similar scenario is presented. Then the next step is teaching some sort of general principle. This is where the preceptor, in a very succinct way, teaches some sort of general rule about a topic. Um, Some preceptors will choose to do this before the guidance about errors or omissions, so it could be done as a Um, a third step. Um, So it's not critical that it come last. You could really put this anywhere in the one-minute preceptor. Um, This is where the pearls, if you will, are taught to the learner. 
So that's one technique, the one minute preceptor. And I think a lot of us in the clinical education side do this sort of naturally. This is how we were taught, um, but it's, it's a useful framework and it can be done really efficiently. The second um, way to assess clinical reasoning or the second method I'd like to talk to you about in the podcast this week is the think aloud method. Um, the think aloud method and the one we'll talk about after that called SNAPS are methods to prompt the learner to discuss how they arrived at a proposed action or plan. Um, and it allows for you to assess their clinical reasoning along the way and provide immediate feedback that will help them develop the, de- develop the correct sort of heuristic process or clinical problem solving uh, method. So the think aloud technique is exactly what it sounds like. It's a verbalization of a clinician or a trainee's thought process in the course of a clinical encounter and subsequent discussion and plan. It can be used in clinical training in a few ways. Um, First, and at the most basic level, um, the preceptor might use this to model clinical problem solving. Uh, And what I mean by that is the experienced clinician is the one verbalizing uh, their thought process out loud for a trainee that is participating in the clinical environment with them or maybe observing them in the course of clinical care. This is a form of modeling for the student or the resident and helps to make apparent all the considerations that an experienced clinician might be thinking about um, in terms of what informs the diagnosis, how they're approaching the workup, or what they're planning for treatment and why. For most experienced clinicians, it's not natural um, to verbalize all of these things, and they might be doing some of that work uh, below the level of their conscious decision-making. So typically some training in this think aloud technique is required uh, for even seasoned clinicians. The think aloud technique can also be used when a trainee is presenting to a preceptor. In this scenario, the preceptor pauses the presentation and verbalizes their own, the preceptor's, thought process in response to the portion that the trainee has presented so far. They might provide reflections or other considerations at that point in time. In this way, the data that the trainee has collected and organized and is presenting is distilled and interpreted for significance by an experienced preceptor. The third technique that can be used with think aloud in the clinical training space is where the trainee is asked to verbalize their clinical thinking, their problem solving, their concerns, and their considerations. This is actually more natural to somebody that's earlier in their clinical experience than it is for somebody who's very seasoned. Um, And so normally we don't train trainees to do think aloud. We just ask them to talk through what they're doing. This verbalization helps the preceptor to correct errors or faulty logic and to aid in decision-making in real time. This verbalization is actually best done away from the patient rather than during the trainee-patient interaction, and that's for obvious reasons. So the last clinical questioning technique that we're going to talk about um, can be referred to by the mnemonic SNAPS, S-N-A-P-P-S. This six-part technique is considered very learner-centered. It's intended to be initiated and applied by the learner rather than the preceptor. Interestingly, this clinical problem-solving technique was developed by um, the original authors specifically in the ambulatory space um, as the traditional inpatient or ward-based teaching discussions weren't felt to be really useful in offices and clinics. It's intended to make the often 
observer-like educational experience of the office or the clinic, more, th um, more thorough and like learner-initiated um, through these learner-initiated conversations. So SNAPS has, the six, has these six following steps. S is for summarizing the history and findings. N is for narrowing the differential. A is for analyzing the differential. P is for probing the preceptor about uncertainties. And the second P is for plan management for patients, um, for the patient's medical issues. And then S is for selecting case-related issues for self-study after the encounter and after the discussion. Um, so there are a couple studies out there comparing usual teaching techniques to SNAPS. And SNAPS actually shows better uh, clinical problem-solving outcomes and takes the same amount of time. There are some institutions that teach this standardly in the third year and encourage their learners to use it, particularly in the ambulatory learning space. So I've linked the academic medicine article that first describes the SNAPS technique, and I'd like to propose that we adopt this in our exploration phase in VISTA. I particularly like how this particular technique empowers the learner to lead um, and empowers the learner to sort of control the educational encounter that follows their patient encounter. And I can see the obvious benefits to the preceptor's ability to see and contribute to the trainee's clinical problem solving and their process. Um, so I can imagine that we, we could teach this at the uh, beginning of the UMass Chan exploration phase with encouragement to employ this particular technique, um, particularly in those ambulatory weeks that um, will be included in each of the clerkships in our new design for that phase. So that's all for this week, and I will be back with another podcast two weeks from now. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend.